Well, the comment was made, parenting is uh, difficult. Um, and we're going to have a look at, uh, in our scripture reading, about uh, one set of parents and the difficulties that they had uh, with two of their children. So uh, follow with me uh, or read uh, in your own Bibles uh, as I go through uh, Genesis chapter 4. And uh, we'll read the first uh, 16 verses. So as I have it translated, it reads like this. Adam lay with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now, Cain said to his brother Abel, uh, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you were driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence, and I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. May God bless us as we consider the story today. So why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? 
if you did what is right, would you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. I was driving some years ago <coughs> around the M25, and uh, maybe some of you have had this experience as well. It doesn't matter which road, but uh, uh, there was these big signs, and, and this was the junction that I needed to come off at. Uh, the only problem is I could see everything in front of me was slowing, slowing, slowing right down. Uh, but I needed to take this junction, so uh, I was trying to behave myself, and, and I pulled in and uh, waiting and waiting, and we were nudging forward and nudging forward. But I noticed that um, from what I could see up ahead of me and just about make out the junction, that there were some people... That, that didn't wait for the queue. Some people were, were just, you know, the, the way that they drive, you know that they're not going straight on. They're kind of rolling along and just sort of gradually heading to the left, sort of looking for a, a little space, a little gap where the, the cars are sort of stopped and then they start again. And they'll try and nip in. And, and I could, could see this happening. And uh, in my mirror, I see, oh, here comes another one. Uh, and not patient enough, you know, who do they think they are? What gives them a be bigger, better right to, to drive ahead and jump the queue? And, you know, it's, it's just not British, is it? <laughs> anyway, I, I got right up close to, to where the actual lane, you know, you could go across the... the, uh, the, the dotted lines there and, and go into the junction itself but I could see this guy that was rolling along I could see him in my mirror and I thought it's another one and he's going to try and nick, nip in just just at the last moment so I had a truck in front of me and, and I was following right up close behind the truck and I thought he might get in front but he won't get in front of me It'll still be annoying if he gets in front of the truck, but he won't get in front of me. So I was nudging forward and nudging forward, and we were running out of space before the hatched area and before the, this lane went up to the junction itself and, and the other carriageway, the car that were coming past. But I was not going to let him in. No way. No way. Who do you think you are? And he came up beside me and he started to try and push over, but I just rolled up behind the truck and kept up rolling behind the truck. The nice thing with a truck is, I, I, I know, because I, I, I've driven trucks before, they don't speed forward, so as they're moving forward, you know that they're going to move forward and you can just roll behind them. And he looked across at me and I just... And I could see um, by, uh, you know, I, I'm not a good lip reader, but I, I think I know what he was saying. <laughs> and and uh, eventually, uh, he did get in behind me. <laughs> I felt pretty good about myself. And and then behind me, uh, uh, that's where the this lane then divided into two, and I was going up and turning right, and he was going up and turning left. And, and he, I stayed in the right-hand lane, and then he moved into the left-hand lane, and, and he came up right beside me, and something made me look over to him. 
And that's when he puckered his lips and blew me a kiss. <laughs> and then, then he, um, he did some sort of strange gesture with his hand. I think it was waving, but it had fingers involved and so on. And, and off he went. I was mad! I was furious! Who does he think he is? Why could someone drive like that? Why are they just thinking of themselves? Why are you angry? What makes you angry? How do you feel when, um, when someone, your superior, uh, gets a lot of credit and you don't? Well, yeah, maybe they deserve it. You know, you're just the, the learner, the beginner, the apprentice, the whatever, the assistant. And, um, you know, maybe it's okay. But what happens if someone lower than you? Someone maybe seemed in your employed position seems as though, well, they're getting more praise than I am. But you know, I work hard. I do just as well. Why is it that they get a lot of acknowledgement and I don't? It's not fair, is it? It's not, it's not right. Well, we can then get jealous and selfishness can start to grapple with our, our inner thoughts. But jealousy and selfishness are probably the root of most of our problems and they are the tumors of sin when we let jealousy and selfishness start to take over in our innermost thoughts why are you angry now God came and spoke to Cain you think back at our scripture reading and the story. And we have uh, um, just a couple of main characters really there, but uh, just I want to dip back into uh, uh, Cain and Abel's parents. Now, who, who were the Cain and Abel's parents? Maybe look around for some of the younger ones. Can you help me? Who, who was mum and dad for Cain and Abel? Do you know? Adam and Eve, thank you very much. Adam and Eve, there was Adam and Eve. Now, what happened with Adam and Eve's story? God, God put them in a garden, but they decided to, to make their own decisions about things, didn't they? And I've asked this question before, what, what is sin? Oh, back to basic, basics again. What is sin? Sin, is that uh, the result of sin? What if, what if I suggest to you, what if sin is anything that I do, say, think, anything when I think I know better than God? That's what Adam and Eve did, wasn't it? We're really going back to the beginning, aren't we? Adam and Eve were told, everything is, is yours, look after everything, but just stay away from that tree. Don't eat of that tree. What did Adam and Eve think? When they saw that the fruit was good for eating, what does it say? 
they took it. There was this little conversation with a snake, I know, and the serpent. But what, what was the essence of all of this? The, the, the question that the serpent said was, did God really say that you shouldn't eat? And, oh, I think I know why God said this. And Adam and Eve, from the conclusion, rightly or wrongly, but from the, the conclusion that they made, they decided, I think I know better than God. And if you look at other things, other sins, other stories in Scripture, just look at it with that perspective. Sin is when I think I know better than God. So Adam and Eve sinned. They, they thought they knew better than God. They took of the fruit, and then the consequence was that they had to, to live in a different place. They were banished from, from this garden. But they go out from the garden, and it says uh, there at the beginning of, of Genesis chapter 4 that they started having kids. I don't think it was 11 at a time, but uh, certainly they had uh, Cain, and they had Abel. And uh, we see they're growing up as, as young men, young lads, and what profession does each of them go for? What, what do they, they start turning their hands to? What does Cain do? It's going to be a long sermon, isn't it? It's, okay, Cain, Cain became a gardener. He, he was the horticulturalist. He, he was the one, that, the agriculturalist. He, he was growing things and, and so on. That, that's great. Good job. What does Abel do? Okay, shepherd looked after sheep and livestock, animals. Okay, equally just a worthwhile uh, profession. And, uh, you know, they seem seemingly happy to mind their own business. But there is an unequal expectation from mum and dad about Cain and Abel an expectation that maybe we would miss if we don't understand names. Who was mum and dad? Adam and Eve. Do you know what Adam, the name Adam, do you know what Adam means? Adam means man. It's kind of unimaginative, isn't it? You know, call, call the man man. Um, but that's what it was. Adam means just man. Uh, certainly in the, the Hebrew is, is man. So uh, I, I know someone that, um, in fact, uh, related to someone who uh, has, they, their family has called their, their house Eshva. Bit of an odd name, isn't it? Um, Eshva House. Do you get it now? H for half. Bit kind of plain though, isn't it? Adam. Yeah, a, does everyone get that? H for house. Okay. H, capital, uh, H, letter H for house. Not funny when you have to explain it, is it? Adam. Man. Okay. Man. There was man. There was Adam. And do you know what Eve means? Yeah, now we're getting into a little bit more of controversy and so on. People are a little bit less sure. But what do you think Eve means? It, well, it means, it means living. 
and she was living. So we've got man and living. The names of the, these two, mum and dad, man and living, a living one, maybe a living woman. So they give birth to at least the, the two first ones that we're told of. There would have been more. We get that from the, the rest of the story because uh, when Cain eventually leaves, it says he left with his wife and so on. So uh, I know that would have been the sister, and uh, let's not get into the, all of that complication. But here we have Cain and Abel. Cain, the firstborn. Now, what happened to Adam and Eve? They thought they knew better than God. They made a mistake. They were banished from the garden. But God gave them a promise that everything is going to work out, that God himself will work things through. I can only imagine that they were just desperate to see God work things through. They wanted to get back into the garden. They, they wanted to, that kind of walking communion with God and while God does interact with these other characters, there's something missing, something distant now. So, man and living, mum and dad, Adam and Eve, they call their first son, what do they call him? Cain. Do you know what the name Cain means? You can't remember. Cain means to acquire, to achieve, to make, create, buy, or bring forth. That's the root word from where we get the, the, the name from, Cain. So how many of you here would like to be called a name that means achiever? Does that sound good to you? you know, if, if you when you grow up and, and you learn what your name means, your name means achiever. Does that sound good? Sound good to you? Oh, yeah, that's quite grand, isn't it? Thanks, Mum. Thanks, Dad. Achiever. A lot of expectation. And then came along number two, Abel. Abel, or Hebel, is his name. Do you know what Abel means? Well, let's have a look at, uh, at a Bible verse, just to keep you on your toes. Uh, we'll just look at, at one of them. Uh, another one I could direct you to is uh, Isaiah 49, verse 4. But for the sake of time, uh, let's have a look at uh, uh, Ecclesiastes. Because I know you know where it is. And you read it quite a lot. Oh, maybe you don't. But maybe you've heard these words before. So Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 2. I wonder if someone could read out the beginning of verse 2. It would be interesting if we've got different translations here. So Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 2. How does this verse start? Meaningless, meaningless. Anyone else got a different translation? Vanity, vanity, you, that must be the King James Version, is it? Vanity, vanity, we don't really use the, that word in that context anymore, do we? Meaningless, meaningless, this is the same root word from where we get the name Hebel, Abel. So what does Cain mean? Achiever. 
And his younger brother is called meaningless. It means meaningless or puff of wind or temporary or nothing. Thanks, Mum. Thanks, Dad, for giving me a name that means nothing. My big brother is the achiever, but I am nothing. In our story, we have this uh, sacrificial thing that, that's going on, and uh, we realize and learn that, uh, that they must have known what was the right thing, what was the wrong thing, in order to bring as a sacrifice to God. It would have been unfair if they didn't know, and, and God said, well, that's not good. So they would have known what was right. And in actual fact, if you look later on in Scripture, and it was many years uh, later that we actually have written down in, in Leviticus uh, chapter 2 and chapter 6, we've got all around those chapters in Leviticus, we've got these references of what different kinds of sacrifices that, we, that they should bring to God. And in reading those, we actually discover that the first fruits of your labor are acceptable to God. So what Cain brought to God as a sacrifice was acceptable to God. And what Abel brought as a sacrifice, an offering to God, was acceptable to God. So why is it then that we read, but Abel brought fat portions uh, from the, the firstborn of his flock, and the Lord looked with favor on Abel, and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Why did God not look with favor at these two offerings? A first fruit offering is a thank offering. And it's good to be thankful to God. And like I said, in, in Leviticus, it talks about when we bring our offerings of thanks to God. This is, this is what we are to bring and how we are to bring it, or the way that they brought it then. What is, what is that, that uh, Abel brought? Abel brought the fat portions of some of the firstborn of his flock. This offering was a sin offering. The thing is, a sin offering should never be brought Sorry, a thank offering should never be brought without a sin offering. Both offerings were acceptable. It's just what Cain brought was the achiever. I'm going to say thank you. But he didn't seem to get the idea that he had to acknowledge his own sinfulness. The achiever. I'm all right. Great expectations about me. Not like my little meaningless brother, but the meaningless brother, Abel, brought that sin offering. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. The good thing about the story that I pick out, knowing about these names, is it happens next. God comes to Cain and talks to Cain. God comes and, and wants to work with us with the things that we wrestle with, even the things that we are tempted by. 
But I'm also grateful to know and realize that God came to Cain about Abel, his meaningless brother. God knew what Abel, Cain was, was thinking about his younger brother Abel. But I read this story and I realize that God is interested in the meaningless people when we don't feel as though we've got any worth, when everyone else seems to do well, but who am I? I'm just little old me. God is interested in meaningless people. Why are you angry? It says that Abel, sorry, Cain, was very angry. It's, the, uh, the Hebrew words means this, this kindled anger with inside. Uh, a little bit like me when I was in my car and I had this anger inside me. I was really mad. And that's the kind of anger that, that uh, is spoken about here, that Cain was very angry. It's this innermost thing. It's this entertained thought and anger. It's dwelling on this, this, this annoyance, this anger. Cain was really had this kindled anger, and his face was downcast. It wasn't just about his complexion, and the, you know, the look that he had on his face, the smile or the frown or whatever. And the the Hebrew again, this uh, his face, it, it, it means not just face downcast. Down uh, is is um, referenced in there, but his face was more to do with his attitude, not just what you see but what you don't see. He had this, his face was downcast. He he had this attitude um, of violence. Again, from the Hebrew words, it's normally referenced this this violent um, uh, or accidental act that happens that imposes against someone else. He had this kindled anger. He had this attitude of violence, and God spotted it and came and warned Cain about what he was thinking. Why are you angry, God says? Why is your face downcast? Why do you have this attitude of violence? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, these are covenantal words. This is terms of phrases. This is our agreement. If you do what is right, everything will be fine. If you don't do what is right, it's going to lead to problems. Sin is crouching at your door, it says. Have you ever seen um, these TV programs? Do you like these animal programs that you see on telly? Do you ever see them with, with the, the big cats? It uh, doesn't matter. Have you got a favorite big cat? Is it a tiger, a lion, a cheetah, a panther? Yeah, they all kind of stalk, don't they? They're kind of squatting down. Have you got a favorite? They're, they're squatting down and they, they're creeping along. They're, they're looking at their prey. They, they know what they're going for. Nothing else is going to distract them, but they want to make sure that they can get as close as they can. And then at the right time, at the right moment, bang, they jump. That woke everyone up, didn't it? Bang, 
they jump and they, they launch themselves at, at their prey in order to, to get them. Sin is crouching at your door. This is the same kind of thing. It's, it's just waiting and waiting and waiting, ready for the moment to pounce, ready for me to open up my heart, open up my life, open up my mind enough to say, I'm accepting these thoughts, these thoughts of anger. I'm going to entertain them a little bit more. I'm going to act them out. Sin is crouching at your door. You must master it. I'm just glad that throughout Scripture we have stories where people have made mistakes, but God continually kept coming back to them, wanting for them to return, wanting for them to come back. Yes, they had to suffer some consequences. Maybe we can think of people like uh, David and Bathsheba, David had to suffer some consequence from his wrong actions. But God still wanted him to come back. God came to Cain. It wasn't that God didn't know what had just happened. But God still came to Cain after Cain had killed his brother. He said, Cain, where's your brother? What does Cain say? None of my business. What's it to me? Cain has now become just like a reference that we get in Scripture about uh, Lucifer, Satan himself. It says of Satan that he was a liar and a murderer. What was Cain? He just murdered someone and then he tries to lie to cover it up. But God still came to Cain. God is so desperate to have a relationship, to open up that opportunity of a relationship, no matter what we have done. That's the extent of God's love. I wonder if Jesus was thinking of Cain and Abel. In Luke chapter 13, we won't turn to it now because time is moving on, I know. But we have this parable that Jesus told, of the Pharisee and the tax collector. If you want to look at this later on, it's Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. And Jesus here says, look, there were two people. This uh, Pharisee and a tax collector, and they come into the temple, and, and what does the, the Pharisee do? The Pharisee says, ha, 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 oh, I'm glad that, uh, that I'm not like some of these sinners, like, like this tax collector. Sounds a bit like Cain to me, the achiever, the Pharisee. I'm so good, I have a lot of expectation of me. And then Jesus talks about the tax collector, the stereotypical person that no one really likes. And he comes in and he says, Oh, woe is me, for I'm a sinner. Jesus recognizes in this story that he told the blessing, the, the benefit that this tax collector had of knowing I am a sinner continually in need of a saviour. This is the person who is commended, not the one that says, 
I've got it all. I'm the achiever. So, what is it that we need to leave behind? What is it that we need to forget about? What is it that we need to stop dwelling on so that it won't take our anger with it? Why are you angry? Why are you kindling selfishness? Why is your face downcast? Why do you express your animosity? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you keep your covenant, your agreement with God, will he not continue to accept you? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But you must master it. The point is, it's your choice.